It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Content warning. This episode contains discussion of the murder of two children. It is well known that Richard Allen, the only person ever directly charged in connection with the Delphi murders, used to work at the CVS in that town. But it is worth remembering that he also worked for a while at the CVS in Peru, Indiana. Of course, Delphi and Peru are both small Indiana towns. But we should stress that Peru is by far the larger of the two communities. In fact, its population is nearly four times bigger than Delphi's. Peru has multiple pharmacies, while Delphi only has one. That's significant. Since Delphi contains only the single CVS it seems likely that most everyone in the town needed to head to the store at one time or another. But in larger Peru, the people have more choices, so we can't necessarily assume that any one resident of the city definitely visited the local CVS while Alan worked there. A few episodes back, we featured an interview with someone who used to work with Alan at the Peru store. This week, we talked with someone else who worked there with him. Her experience with him was far more negative than what we've heard before. We were able to verify that our guest this week did in fact work at the CVS with Alan. She asked that we not use her name or her voice. So we are calling her Carrie, which again is not her real name. After we recorded our interview with her, 
we prepared a transcript of our talk. We edited that transcript for clarity and to remove personal details which may give away her identity. In a moment, we will read that transcript with Anya reading the part of Carrie. My name is Anya Kane. I'm a journalist. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. I'm an attorney. We first connected while looking into the Burger Chef murders, an Indiana cold case. Together, we built a spreadsheet documenting hundreds of cases of restaurant-related homicides. That original spreadsheet gave way to our podcast, The Murder Sheet. Now we maintain that same research-centric, investigative approach as we look into all sorts of homicides, including unsolved cases, historical crimes, and, of course, restaurant murders. We don't just chat about the headlines. Our podcast is a platform for our journalism. The Murder Sheet focuses on investigative reporting, thoughtful analysis, thorough research, and in-depth interviews. We're the Murder Sheet. And this is The Delphi Murders, a conversation with another one of Richard Allen's co-workers. Can you just tell us how long you worked at that CVS with Alan and the timeline? I believe I worked with him at CVS for, I think we figured out it was somewhere between six and eight months. I'm not quite sure because it's been a couple of years. And that was at the Peru CVS? Correct. All right. Can you tell us about what his role was at the store? He was a store manager in training there. I'm curious about what it means to be a store manager in training. Is that someone who's like almost like the heir apparent? Like they're going to take over the store next? Yeah. How that works at CVS is, okay, so he was the store manager in training at the Peru store. So once he's done with his training there, what they do is when a store becomes available, they move you to that store. I'm curious. He was a store manager in training, but it, he wasn't the manager of the Delphi store. So again, I'm curious. It seems odd that he didn't step up into that position. Yeah, or maybe he stepped down or they didn't think he was ready for that position, so they demoted him. I'm not quite sure what happened, but that's generally how things go. Understood. Now, stepping back a little bit, I want to ask you about your time with Alan and sort of how he came across to you. So tell me how you guys began to work together and what your impression of him was. Well, he was hired in as the store manager in training, so we worked together. The store manager in training is scheduled 45 hours a week. I worked with him almost 40 hours in my work week. You know, he had a lot of shifts, so I worked with him quite often. He and I did not get along very well at all. I'm not sure why, but I always felt that something was just weird about him. I felt like he was always watching what I did, where I went. I would always turn around and he would be, like, staring at me. 
I just felt like he didn't like me for some reason or another, and it just caused some work tension. I liked him as a person, I felt, but of course I didn't know him. But at work, it just, it was not a very good work experience for me. And what, if you had to pinpoint that, what was it? Was it the watching you, or what element was it that was making work difficult? Yeah, I think, I just felt like, okay, and I know this may sound weird, but I have always felt like I can feel different things for people, like, if they're weird or not. And it and it makes me uncomfortable as a person. I, I felt that with him. Like, I just felt uncomfortable the whole time I worked with him. And I think maybe he knew that I just felt weird about him. I don't know. It's It's hard to try to explain. I understand. It's like that gut instinct that you've kind of like, hmm. Did you get the sense that other people in the store felt the same way? Or was this really mostly you? I know for a fact that there were other employees that noticed that he had a rough temper. I did too. He would get really upset, short-tempered at things that would bother him. Whether it would be customers or work or, you know. I remember one time where he had thrown a price scanning gun down and he got in trouble for it. I know he was short-tempered, so I'm not sure if anybody else caught on to it. But I do know they noticed his temper. That makes a lot of sense. Would anything in particular, like as far as patterns, well, I'll give you an example. I get really ticked off when technology doesn't work for me. Like that makes me really mad. Even though things like someone being a little bit rude might not bother me as much. Was there anything in particular that seemed to set him off in terms of anger? I know for me with him and I, it was the fact that I wouldn't listen to him. Like, not like in subordination, but it was just like, I don't know. I just did not listen to a lot of the things he would specifically tell me. Almost like he was trying to be bossy. But I don't remember any real patterns. I just know he was real. He was quiet about his personal life and didn't talk to us a lot about any of that type of stuff. So in terms of not listening to him, that would be like, you know, almost, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So correct me if I'm wrong. But you felt like maybe he was trying to micromanage you a bit. Yes. Understood. So you're like, okay, if there's a big thing that you ask me to do, I'll agree with that, and I'll do it correctly. But if you're just trying to dictate every move I make, I'm not going to listen. Correct. Did anyone in management, uh, did they give you any feedback or say like, oh, he's like this, or, you know, anything like that? They told me to pretty much just kind of stay away from the situation, just be, you know, calm and do as much as what I'm told, but... Does that make sense? Yeah, like, it was definitely a situation. Did they seem to be kind of implying that it was his fault or or your fault? Or more of just like, you guys are oil and water, so we're just going to keep you separate? Yes, it was like oil and water. So it's not his fault. It's not my fault. It's just, we just did not mix. And I felt like a lot of that had to do with the fact that I just didn't feel right. When I have stuff like that, it's like I just put up a wall and just shut them off, which is kind of what I did with him. Understood. For just a second, let's try to all forget that he's been arrested for the murder of two girls. A heinous crime. We're just talking about your old colleague, Rick Allen. You mentioned that you didn't dislike him on a personal level, necessarily. I thought he was funny a lot of the time. He would make us laugh a lot. 
I guess he was kind of like a, a jokester to some degree. What was his sense of humor like? It's so hard because it's been, oh my gosh, what, seven, eight years now? I remember, I just remember him making us laugh a lot. Like, if we were putting a truck away or whatnot, he would just try to make everybody laugh. Okay. Well, can you tell us more about his short temper and how that would manifest itself? Yeah. Like, if we were putting truck away and he couldn't find something or if a customer would upset him, he would just, like, like I said, he would have... He would have thrown the scanning gun into his cart or just got really shitty with you. I mean, that's just, it was just really short and it would be little things that would set him off. Not like, you know, threaten everybody or nothing like that. But it was just like upset, like little temper tantrums. Would it be like he'd snap at his fellow co-workers if something went wrong? No, I don't think he ever really snapped at anyone. Not when I was there. Now, he may have after, because I know one of my coworkers said that they did notice his short temper a lot. So I don't know if after I left it got worse or what, what happened after I was there. You've worked in retail for a number of years. You've had a lot of experience. I'm sure you've encountered many different personalities in that time. Did he stand out to you and your coworkers as having an unusually short temper? Yes, because when you do retail... I mean, it's if you have a short temper, it's almost like a red flag because it's definitely not somewhere you should be. So it definitely caught my attention and I'm sure it caught theirs. You should not be having temper tantrums when you work retail. So, yeah, that was definitely a red flag. Did anyone associated with him, uh, his wife, his daughter, do they ever come to the store in a way that you remember? Never saw any of them. Like I said, he was pretty private about that. Yeah, and I don't want to read too much into that because I've been at jobs where I've been pretty private. And I was just about to say, I can be pretty private too. So that wasn't necessarily unusual. Correct. Did he ever talk about things that even weren't super personal, just like things like hobbies or things of interest? No, I don't remember him talking about anything like that. Did other people there at the store have problems with dealing with his temper? The one other person that I've spoken to told me that they did notice his temper, but I'm not really sure. I can't really say what they witnessed or what they saw that led to that person to tell me that. Understood. And I'm curious in terms of like, did you listen to our episode with the other CBS employee, Cameron? No. Okay. Something she mentioned was that it would be very difficult for someone on the retail side to get into the pharmacy because people have been spreading rumors of like, oh, maybe he got drugs or something. Is that your assessment, too? Yes, you can't get into the pharmacy. The pharmacy is locked up with a code, so you can't get in there. And then if you were to work in the pharmacy, it's pretty much monitored all the time unless you were downright going where the cameras weren't and taking medicine. But that's really uncommon because the controls are locked up. I mean, so I don't see that. We've all heard about Richard Allen paying for Libby German's family's photos. Is that sort of thing normal? Uh, that's not uncommon. When I heard that, I was like, okay, that's been done before. I mean, I've had customers that have screwed up their pictures and I'm giving them replacements. Now, just blatantly going and giving them to somebody like that, that's not necessarily protocol. What about in terms of, like, for a good cause? Like, they just lost their kid, you know? Yeah, but technically, no, we're not supposed to do that. Would it be okay if he paid for them himself? 
Well, yeah. I mean, I've paid for people's stuff before in the store. I paid for regular customers' purchases before if they didn't have money or I'd known them a while and I knew they didn't have a lot of money. Right. That that makes a lot of sense. So you can do little charitable things like that sometimes. Yeah, yes, you can. Did the voice on the recording of the bridge guy saying down the hill, did that voice sound like Richard Allen to you? Yes. Once I listened to it multiple times, then I recognized it. Um, But before, I mean, before he was arrested, no. But after, once I started listening to it again, I was like, oh, that really does sound like him. What was his voice like in general? How would you describe it? Normal, like a normal guy, you know. It wasn't like he was abrasive or anything like that. It was just, it was normal. When you when you see the image of the bridge guy, does it... But the body build does look like him. Once he was arrested, I definitely went back over the pictures and listened to that. And I, I definitely see the resemblance in those to him. Yeah, understood. And did he tend to wear clothes like jeans and that kind of jacket? No. Whenever he came to work at the store, he was always dressed in very nice pants and a button-up shirt. So that's the only way I knew him. That makes sense. And people tend to come dressed in their work clothes, I assume, as opposed to, like, changing there. Yes. And managers tend to dress up a little bit more than folks who are more at the worker level. Correct. A weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle. But it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. This is weight loss at its most sustainable. With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20% of your weight in one year, in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. Go to roe.co slash msheet. That's R-O dot C-O slash msheet. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. How did it feel when you heard the news of his arrest and realized that this was a person you worked with? To be honest with you, it took me probably almost two weeks. I was numb. I talked to my husband about it because my daughter was around that age when I worked there with him. So it was very hard for me to digest because we were very strict with our daughter at that point in time. She was not allowed to have a phone. She was not allowed to have social media. And I do remember talking about that stuff at work. So, I mean, he he knew that. You know what I mean? So knowing that he had those personal things about me and my life and my family. So it it was really, really hard for a week or two. I'm so sorry you went through that. That's a traumatic thing when you think something's just a normal conversation. Then you look back and it has this new, darker meaning. Exactly. So it was really hard. It was like all I thought about for a couple of weeks. I'm like that. I mean, my daughter was, you know, so it was rough. He would not have been in any position to be alone with kids or anything like that at his level in CVS, right? My daughter would have come into the store and walked around the store multiple times. So he could have stopped her, talked to her. So that's that question is almost it's debatable. Like, yeah, but no. Yeah, like there's cameras, there's, but yes, he could have been, yeah. Have your colleagues been talking about this since, the Delphi murders? Yes, it's definitely a topic of discussion, especially for all the people that worked with him, you know what I mean? Like we're all, everyone that worked with him at Peru is staying in touch. We all discuss things and we're we're all trying to be there for each other because it's hitting all of us in different ways. How? What different reactions have people had? Sadness, shock, worry, you know, just a lot of different things. What kind of person do they tend to promote to be assistant store manager? Well, most generally right now, it's people that already work there that are that they feel can take that role in a position. He was hired outside of the store, but most generally are hired within the store for people they want to promote that can fill that role. Understood. And do it effectively. Understood. But he'd have to have a level of experience, correct? That would make them be like, he's a good fit for this. Yes, correct. I kind of asked you this a bit earlier, but I just wanted to circle back to it. What are your thoughts about him getting to that position of store manager in training, but then not getting beyond that? I thought about that. And once I found out that he had been arrested and that he was at the Delphi store and to find out that he was a pharmacy technician, I was a little shocked that he was not still the store manager in training and honestly was super curious as to what had happened. Like how, how did he go from that position to the position he's in now? You either have to be demoted or you have to physically tell them that you don't want that position anymore. Would there be a good reason to turn down that position? Yeah, it's very stressful, very, very stressful. So it's a very stressful position. You get lots of phone calls from work, even when you're not on shift. Is there a lot more money in that position? Yes, there's a significant difference. Do you remember if he started on as a store manager in training or if he started on as he did? He hired in as a store manager in training. Our previous guests seem to remember that he was a shift supervisor. 
Could you be a ship supervisor and a store manager in training at the same time? No, I'm guessing if he was a shift supervisor, then again, he either stepped down or was demoted. What sort of things could get you demoted? Um, theft. Well, no, that gets you fired. Uh, like his temper could have gotten him demoted. His work, he was a very slow worker. They may have thought that he was just not fast enough at his job, effective enough at his job. But it, it really just depends. What was he slow with? Like, what sort of things would... Well, just work in general, just with a slow, just like a slow worker. I know when I was there, usually a store manager in training pretty quickly gets flipped around as long as they have another store. And you could even you could even go out of the district to another store if they wanted you to, if they think you're ready. So he, I know for a fact that he was a store manager in training for eight, I think it was like six months to a year. So that was way longer because I think they didn't think he was ready. How would you describe the Peru CVS? Very, very busy. Very busy, very fast. And I don't know how Delphi is, but the Peru store is like double the quantity, double everything. Makes sense. Now, this is kind of random. Some of the reporting we've done has kind of brought up other people who are kind of being looked at at one time or another by police. Did a guy named Kagan Klein or a guy named Tony Klein ever shop at that CVS as far as you remember? Not as far as I remember, but then again, if they did, we're not going to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't remember Alan ever stopping and making conversations with anyone. But then again, of course, he didn't live in the same town as Peru. Like, he drove to Peru every day, so. Understood. I don't know. Totally just figured if they're regular customers, if you happen to remember. No, I, I do not remember them. Is it unusual that uh, Alan moved from the Peru store to the Delphi store? No, no. There there could be reasons why. One thing we're trying to run down is uh, at some point before he worked for CVS or before he worked at the Peru CVS, he may have worked uh, for a Walmart in Illinois. Uh, we're trying to confirm that for sure. Is, would that be weird? No, that would not be weird. And probably the people would know would be like the store manager and other managers that worked there longer with him. They probably would know. I'm not sure. Makes sense. But it's not weird for a person to move from one retailer to another. No, because the store manager that was just at the Peru store came from Walmart. So Walmart has pharmacies. There's there's, there's bigger stores, obviously, but there's still a crossover. Correct. There are similar skill sets. So if someone were to come from Walmart to CVS, that would not be a surprise to us. That makes a lot of sense. And in terms of, I'm just curious, we've not heard anything like this, but just because of what he's accused of, I have to ask, were there ever any rumors about him in the workplace as far as things like sexual harassment goes? No, not that I can think of, no. And how does CVS tend to handle such situations when they do arise? In your experience? Termination. Okay, so they're pretty strict. We'll fire him. Yeah, so they're pretty no-nonsense about that. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. And then, this is weird, but with your familiarity with CVS shift schedules, would it be unusual for a manager-level person to be just kind of off on a Monday, not have to go to work? That would be normal. Our schedules vary. One week, we could be scheduled Monday, and the next week... I know when we worked with him, they were doing every other weekend. So one weekend he would work both days, and then the next weekend he would be off. 
So say he worked on a Sunday. Most generally, he could have been off on the Monday of the weekend that he worked. Our manager at the time was really good about trying to do that. How long do they keep scheduling records? Do they exist forever? Uh, The Peru store has the schedules for years back. I don't know about the other stores now. I'm not sure if they still have them there. But when I was there, they did have stacks of them. So they're physical copies? They're not like on the computer? Both. They're on the computer and physical. They print them out once they do them. Understood. Uh, In terms of, would he have had like an employee CVS phone? We've just had his own cell phone. No, he would have just had his own cell phone. I'm curious. Do you have any more thoughts as to why he specifically did not seem to like you? Or why he had trouble with you as opposed to any other people? Honestly, I'm not really sure. I just know for a fact that he and I did not get along at all. Our personalities just did not just did not drive. Yeah, we just didn't like each other. And like I said, I mean, he made me laugh at times. But then for the most part, I mean, it was just a... We just didn't like each other. So I tried to stay out of his way. He tried to stay out of mine. Otherwise, we had, you know, just those issues at work. If I may, it almost sounds to me like he tried to... Uh, like you found him somewhat controlling and were put off by that. And then instead of, yeah, instead of backing off, he kind of went harder on the trying to control you. Correct. That's what it sounds like to me, at least. Yeah, that's very odd. Was he just seemingly not as controlling with other employees? Is that fair to say? Correct. Yeah. And like I said, it finally got to the point where I just literally tried to stay away from him. And to be clear, your weird feeling that you speak about getting about him, it wasn't like, oh, he's really creepy or he seems like he's a sexual predator. It was just like, it was milder than that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it was milder than that. Would he stare at other people? I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't remember. I just know, I just remember how he was with me. Right. And it sounds almost like this was one of those interpersonal conflicts that you wouldn't even ever think about again. Except that this happened. Yeah. So now I'm like, why didn't we get along? Why? You know, why? Have you ever had this to any other degree with another coworker? No, not since then. And I don't even remember any really before then. Well, this has been incredibly enlightening, and I feel like we've gotten a really good sense of what working with him was like from a different perspective. Are there other things that you wanted to say that you think is important for people to hear? I know there have been a lot of rumors online about, oh, CVS, you know, blah, 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 he was stealing drugs, all that nonsense. I know. I don't think it's feasible that he was stealing drugs unless you work in the pharmacy every single day and you know, oh, I can go here and hide and take these pills, the controls, you can't. You can't really get to them. You can get to some of them, but there's cameras everywhere. So I just find that highly unlikely. And CVS, you know, security and stuff like that, that is way more, more than what they're giving credit for. We would like to thank Carrie for taking the time to talk with us and to share her experiences with Richard Allen with us. If anyone else out there has experiences working with Richard Allen or knowing Richard Allen, or anything relevant to add to this ongoing conversation we're having about this case, please contact us at murdersheet at gmail.com. We can talk to you on the record, off the record, and of course, we always protect our sources. Thanks so much for listening to The Murder Sheet. 
If you have a tip concerning one of the cases we cover, please email us at murdersheet at gmail.com. If you have actionable information about an unsolved crime, please report it to the appropriate authorities. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, that's available at www.patreon.com slash murdersheet. If you want to tip us a bit of money for records requests, you can do so at www.buymeacoffee.com slash murdersheet. We very much appreciate any support. Special thanks to Kevin Tyler Greenley, who composed the music for the murder sheet, and who you can find on the web at kevintg.com. If you're looking to talk with other listeners about a case we've covered, you can join the Murder Sheet Discussion Group on Facebook. We mostly focus our time on research and reporting, so we're not on social media much. We do try to check our email account, but we ask for patience as we often receive a lot of messages. Thanks again for listening.